The following is a message from Wellsprings Congregation. How many of us have had a long December and January? How many of us had a long morning? (laughs) I see some parents of young children raising their hands. There is so much happening in the news. There's so much happening in our country this week. Uncertainty, conflict, a sense that we might be losing trust in the people who lead us or in our neighbors. Maybe for some of us, there's so much happening in our own lives. The winter can bring loss and change, all kinds of things. And yet here we are on a Sunday morning, craving so badly to be connected, to search for some hope in each other. It's very human of us. I've seen so many of you, of us in our community, share this quote online this week. I'll read it to you. It says, keep my anger from becoming meanness. Keep my sorrow from collapsing into self-pity. Keep my heart soft enough to keep breaking. Keep my anger turned towards justice, not cruelty. Remind me that all of this, every bit of it, is for love. Keep me fiercely kind. These words were written by a woman named Laura Jean Truman. She's a queer Christian writer and preacher living in Atlanta, Georgia. And the original version of this post, which she actually wrote and shared a few years ago, it has two lines that are omitted from what I have seen shared more often. The first line is God. The last line is Amen. She wrote it as a prayer. We're talking in this message series in the new year, Daily Bread, about how we keep going every day, not just on the good days, not just on the days when we feel deeply that sense of a connection to something greater and to our neighbors, but also on the days that are dim and dull. I think this prayer resonates so much because we so often look in those moments for this, for the holy in each other, in the people in the world around us. And it's one of the toughest things about being human that we can be disappointed. That, yes, we can be absolutely life-saving for each other, just like Maria talked about. But we can also be so harmful so unspeakably cruel. What do we do with that? I want to invite you to take just a minute to practice together this morning. It's a message series on spiritual practice, so if we're not going to do it in this series, when will we, right? Raise your hand if you've seen any examples of unkindness in the world this past week. Hey, yeah, me too. So narrow it down to one. And maybe close your eyes if you feel comfortable and hold that experience 
in your mind. Remember what happened and who was there. And notice what emotions are present for you. Maybe call some of them out if you're comfortable. What feelings are there? Frustration. Disgust. Fear. Sadness. Anger. You can open your eyes. Shake it off. (laughs) But it's all those emotions, right, in that prayer. When we take a moment to notice, we take that first step that Reverend Ken talked about last week. We notice the emotion that is trying to hook us, right? We notice the emotion that we are so humanly tempted to react to. And in that moment, when we get in touch with that, that's when we have the power to choose differently, to choose the kinds of intentions in this prayer, to remember that we do have some power, to choose whether we carry the unkindness we see in this world beyond us or to interrupt it. The Christian scriptures actually give us an example of this. And it's no Unitarian's favorite part of the Bible, I'm pretty sure. It's Jesus' teaching to turn the other cheek. Hear me out. Now, this is one of the most misunderstood and unfortunately misused teachings in the New Testament. There are religious leaders who've used this scripture verse to justify abuse, to blame victims of violence, and that is not just wrong from a moral standpoint, it's actually incorrect. It's not what this verse is about. In the New Testament, in Matthew 5, Jesus does one of those things where he goes, you've heard it said, but now I tell you. He does that a few times. He changes up an old way of understanding things. He says, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? When someone harms you, you harm them back. But now I tell you, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. He says, if anyone asks for your shirt, give them your shirt and your coat. He says, if anyone forces you to walk a mile, go another mile. We don't like this teaching. And in part, it's because at first, he might seem to be saying, right, when someone is unkind to you, let them keep being unkind to you, which doesn't feel right. But biblical scholars who know the history, who know the world that Jesus was teaching in, they point something out to us that so many people miss. The verse actually says, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, how odd, right? It specifies, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, why would that be in there? Well, imagine that, um, sorry, John, I can see you now. Imagine that I'm, he's he's laughing, so I know it's okay, right? And, And he's heard this before. Imagine John and I are in a fight. I'm upset with him. 
Here's my right cheek. John, where's your right cheek? Yeah. Where's all of your right cheek? Yeah. So if I were to slap you on the right cheek, I would either have to use my left hand, and in the ancient world, using your left hand is a sign of great disrespect, or I would have to slap John this way with the back of my hand, and we've all seen Real Housewives. We know that's still a sign of disrespect, right? What Jesus is saying is hit me like a person. Fight me like an equal. Give me a right hook to the jaw. And it's the same idea, giving your coat when they ask for your shirt, walking that extra mile saying, I'm going to keep going when you're past the first mile. It is about reasserting your humanity. It is about saying, you are being unkind to me, but I am a full person. I am not lesser than you. I am not who you say I am. And I will remind you of that in this moment that you are being unkind to me because a full person has that freedom to choose and to be seen as an equal. That's the point. It's a little bit of a Buddhist moment for Jesus. He has those now and then. He's basically saying, you will be hurt at some point. Suffering is a part of this life. And I'm so sorry. It shouldn't happen. You don't deserve it. And how you respond when it happens could make the difference, maybe for the people around you, but it will certainly make the difference in your own heart. It will certainly make the difference in how you treat yourself and how well you trust your own sense of worth. I want to do a little survey. This is borrowed from the work of Dr. Kristen Neff. Some of you have heard of her. She's the author of a book called Self-Compassion that I totally recommend. She sets up a scenario So let's say when you leave here today, your phone rings, and it is your best friend. So, of course, you actually pick it up because it's your best friend. And as soon as you pick up, you can hear that she has been crying. So you say, what's going on? And your friend says, you know that guy I've been dating? He's the first guy that I've really been hopeful about since my divorce. Well, he told me last night that he just wants to be friends. I'm devastated. So Dr. Neff asks, what would you say to your friend? And she gives two options. Option A is this. Well, honestly, honey, I can't blame him. I mean, you're really getting old. You're not that good looking. You're boring. And, ooh, you are really needy. I don't know that you're ever going to find someone to love you. So you should probably just give up now. Yeah, how many of you would say that to your friend? Right, because you're not, you're not awful people. Harry's being funny. You're not awful people, right? Okay, so what's the other option? Option B. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Of course you're devastated. That must be so disappointing. I'm here for you. Remember, I love you. I think you are wonderful. Can I come by? Do you want some company? Do you want a hug? How many of you would say something like this to your friend? Yeah. 
course you would. You would be kind to your friend in that moment. But here's the kicker. It may not be true for everyone here, but which option more closely resembles the way you talk to yourself? Which option more closely resembles the way you talk to yourself? For a lot of us, it's A. We can be far less kind to ourselves than we are to each other. And that has an impact. Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion isn't just out there because she wants to help us be nicer and sweeter to ourselves. She points out that when we say these things to ourselves, on some level, we start to think of them as normal. We start to think of them as kind of correct, telling it like it is, keeping it real. But real does not have to equal unkind. The way we show up in this world has an impact on the people around us. And we have the power every single day to connect with ourselves, with our values and intentions. And there's no place we shape how we show up more than up here between our ears or in here and what we feel. Our kindness with ourselves generates kindness out there, and it's a two-way street. Our kindness out there can help us generate kindness in ourselves. I got that lesson in a very short little soundbite from this woman earlier this year. Is anybody like, I don't know who this is? Yeah, I knew I liked most of you guys. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) This, you might know the name if you've not uh, recognized the photo. This is a woman named Lizzo. That's her, uh, her artist's name, her recording artist's name. I think her name's Melissa, actually. She is a multi-platinum recording artist who has had a meteoric rise in 2019. She did a set of music as part of a series that NPR, National Public Radio, does called Tiny Desk Concert, which is exactly what it sounds like. They invite artists to come in and play concerts at a cubicle in their D.C. offices. Lizzo is known for being unapologetically herself. And she is sitting in this office surrounded by a huge group of people crowded all around this cubicle who know every word to her songs, who are singing and dancing along. And at one point in her set, she takes a break and she says, I just want everyone to remember, if you can love me, you can love yourself. If you can love my big black ass at this tiny, tiny little desk, her words, not mine, you can love yourself. She's saying a lot in that short little quote. First of all, she is reminding us that we all have the ability to love something or someone, even if we've been taught not to. In our culture, we have mostly been taught that being fat is a source of shame. In our country, we have been taught for centuries that being black is somehow less than being white. Both of those things are lies. And Lizzo is saying, look, if you can dig through all of that crap and not just accept me, but actually be out here like, I love you, Lizzo, right? Then you can dig through that crap in your own heart, too. 
you've got the crap digging skills. <laughs> and she's also saying something else that I think is really important. The opposite of this other trope that's out there, right? This idea that if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? That self-love has to come first. She's turning that on its head, too. She's saying, no, you know, if you can choose kindness and love towards any other imperfect being on this earth, then you know how to do that. And you can use that as a bridge to extend that same kindness to yourself. You've already got it. Just include yourself in the picture. There's a practice for this that you can try. You can try it right now, but I hope you'll actually start to think about trying it on a regular basis every day. It's not the kind of practice that requires you to sit down and be quiet or turn on a timer. It's a little more about having a companion with you, a kindness companion. Imagine the voice of someone who has been kind to you. Anybody in your life, long ago, far away, or right now. For me, one of the first people I think of is actually a woman who was a mentor of mine before I became a minister. We worked together back when I was like 22, my first time when I was on my own as an adult. And I just thought she was the coolest. She was, also, she was so wise. She was so encouraging to me. And I admired her. And so when I wasn't sure what to do or when I was upset or when I was wondering how to deal with some crappy situation on a crappy mundane day, she would be my companion. I would hear her voice in my head. I would wonder, what would Gloria do? That was her name. What would Gloria say in that moment? I hear people talk about doing this all the time, actually. For some people, the voice that they hear is a mentor or an old teacher it might be a member of your family who's passed away. It might be your therapist. It might be Lizzo. <laughs> it can be anyone. I've heard a handful of you say that for some of you, you call up Reverend Ken's voice or mine when you're struggling. So just think to yourself in those tough moments, okay, what would this kind, encouraging person say to me right now? And the cool thing is, eventually you run out of remembering things we've actually said. And that kind voice inside your head becomes your own voice. Even better, it was your voice the whole time. Right? We don't actually live inside your head. It's like the ending to a really sweet M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> we aren't inside your head, but you are. And when you can connect that kind of powerful and encouraging kindness to the real life that you are living every day, you are doing it. You are integrating your values, your goals, your faith with your own day-to-day -day experiences. You are growing towards a life that is more meaningful. So give yourself a little credit. But if it helps, pretend it's somebody else for a while. Think of it as your kindness patronus. <laughs> when we can be kind to ourselves and hold our own belovedness 
at the very center of who we are. It is not just for us. We show up differently in the world. We show up differently for the days when the bright lights are dim. We show up differently for the days when our hearts want to harden instead of stay soft and break. We show up differently for the days that everything about our anger wants to move towards meanness or cruelty. We can stop and interrupt that voice. And that can help remind us that all of this, every bit of it, is for love. Amen. And may you live in blessing. Take a moment to pray with me. God of our hearts, holy presence of our own understanding, May we find that there are moments that a kind voice shows up. That we can recognize that the good out there in the world is for us as much as it is for anybody else. And may we remember that such things are not selfish. That the truth of our connectedness to each other means that our kindness spreads. May we have that faith especially as we see unkindness all around us. May we show up differently. For these prayers I've spoken and for the prayers that each of these people carries on their hearts, we say amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.